Something tells me we're going to be talking about Steven Spielberg today. I would agree with that. Yeah. And if you mention Steven Spielberg, we must be talking about movies. I've got to be. Okay, that is George Chapel. I am Keith Stone. This is George and Keith's musings. We talk about the things we like and pop culture. And we uh-huh. like movies, George. We do. We've, we've talked about Yep, and uh, today today we're going to talk about the best opening scenes in movies. Right, right. I'm looking this is this is a good one. Looking forward to this one. All right, well, let's get started. I'll go first. George, okay. I've got I have nine solid entries and I went scrambling for number 10 and um this is a pretty good one, but it's it's a, from the horror genre and I don't like horror movies. <laughs> That, but, that's that's horror. Yeah, true. <laughs> okay. I don't mind movies about horrors. That's okay. <laughs> but no. I, just want, I want to clarify that for the people out there. Horror. Yeah. Like the rural juror likes yeah. horror movies. Yes. Okay. So okay. this movie is called Scream. Okay. Um, oh, yeah. You might remember those masks that the, uh-huh. the killer wears. Well, sure. anyways, what happens is Drew Barrymore is the star of that movie. And she's home alone, and she starts getting a phone call, and it's this guy talking. And they start out pretty innocently, and he keeps calling and keeps calling and keeps calling. And she, you know, they get more and more sinister as we go. And then she, this caller asks about her boyfriend, and uh, she says, why don't you look on the patio? And there's her boyfriend all taped up on, in the chair. Uh-huh. and and beat up, and he's screaming and screaming. And then uh, later on, you see that she they go back to the boyfriend, and the the caller is killing her boyfriend. Yeah. <laughs> and so Barrymore tries to run away, and uh, he gets stabbed. She gets stabbed by the killer, and she's able to get away. And her parents come home, and just as She's getting close to the patio, uh, back to see her parents. The killer finishes her off. Yeah. So the, the surprising yeah. part about that, George, is that Drew Barrymore gets killed in the first 20 minutes, and she's like the biggest star in the movie. She was the biggest name in the movie. I, re- I remember that's a, that's a good selection. I didn't think about that one, but you're you're absolutely right. Uh, and and the the fact that yeah, the biggest name in the movie gets killed off right from the start kind of leads you to think that. Yeah, you're kind of up for anything in this movie. Absolutely, and, uh, and it was it was good too. It was kind of it was it was kind of a almost like like a comedy kind of and kind of spoofed a lot of horror movies, but then it was a horror movie in its own right. So yeah, that was that was a good one. Thank you very much. All right. Well, speaking of up, my number ten uh, goes back goes to the uh, animated world, uh, and a and a. From our from our friends over at Pixar, and I'm going with the movie Up. And when I think of the opening to that movie, it was it's really it kind of sets the stage for the whole movie. Uh, and it was it was really really well done. Probably would have been a, a great short movie in and of itself, but it kind of tells the story of uh, of Ellie and Carl Fredrickson, how they met when they were young. And how they kind of grew up together, 
uh, Carl was kind of this introvert and Ellie was this extrovert that, you know, they just, it was like an oil and water thing. They, they really went together and they kept saving money to go to try and go on a trip and something would happen and they'd have to like use their savings and, and, you know, fix a hole in the roof or fix a spare tire. And, and then, through, you know, over the course of their life together, they were never able to go, to go on that trip. Uh, and, and sadly, Ellie passed away uh, and it had a very, very kind of sad ending to that, that, to that whole opening sequence. But it really set the stage for the movie uh, where Carl kind of went on and, and took that trip and took her along in spirit. So that, that whole opening sequence of, of Carl and Ellie and their life together uh really set up what was a really really good pixar movie yep it's really sad and there were no words during that opening it was all just right photos and music and you got the picture yeah oh yeah yeah very very well done well when we get to my number six we can brush right over that because okay. i've got <laughs> right. up at number six okay we're gonna be throw three names after you uh, at you you tell me what kind of movie would this be? Ray Liotta, Joe <laughs> Pesci, and Robert De Niro. Boy, that, that sounds like a gangster movie to me. It is a gangster movie, and it's a great one. Uh, it's called Goodfellas. And though we, in the very first scene, we see those three driving down the road in a car, and all of a sudden you hear a noise coming from the trunk of the car. And they don't know what's going on. Um, and they open the trunk, and there's a guy that they thought they had killed, and he's still, he's still <laughs> kicking. And he's yeah. making all this noise. So they all get out their guns, and they full them full of lead. I mean, they're just <laughs> they're overdoing it. They're shooting them like crazy. Yeah. And then Ray Liotta, who's kind of the, the the narrator throughout the movie, he says, "For as long as I can remember, I wanted to be a gangster," yeah. and, and that is how Goodfellas started. You you do you love you some some good fellas. I think they they've that's kind of come on a number of couple of your lists. I uh, do love it. Yeah, good movie. Another one I I didn't think of, but you're right. That is that is a a great uh, great start to a movie. Excellent, absolutely. Thank you. All right, I'm going to say the start of a phrase, and let's see if you can finish it. If you build it, they will come. Yeah. My number nine is Field of Dreams. Uh, and the whole opening to that movie is Kevin Costner just talking about uh, his life, his childhood, growing up, his love of baseball. And, and you see him out walking in the field, and he's talking about how his life was all just really kind of ordinary until one day the voice spoke to him. And he's walking through the cornfield, and he hears, if you build it. He will come. And right there, again, just a perfect stage setter for, uh, for what was to follow. And, and that phrase set up the, uh, the ultimate ending, which, you know, if I, I have a suspicion we may do greatest endings of movies. And I don't want to give away what might be on that list for me. Yeah, um, don't, don't but, do that, George. But, that might uh, be next. But but Field of Dreams had a great great uh, opening that got you right into into the heart of the movie. That's a great movie from beginning to end. But yeah, yes, yeah, I like that one. 
Okay, my number eight is a little obscure, but it's pretty impactful. It's called American Sniper. Um, okay. It's during the war in Iraq and Afghanistan. And you see our main character, the American Sniper. He is up in the hills, and he is protecting an American convoy as they're working their way through a city, uh, you know, torn, war-torn Middle Eastern street. And you see this woman and a child come out of a house and approach the convoy. And the sniper has to make a decision whether or not he should shoot them. Are they a, a danger to the convoy? Yeah. And he thinks he sees a grenade, so he shoots the, the boy. And sure enough, the grenade falls on the ground. The mother picks it up, and she goes to throw it. And now he has to shoot her. Yeah. Um, so he makes the right call over the radio. They're all saying, you know, great job. But you could see the sadness in his face. And yeah. he took no pleasure in having to kill that little boy and his mother. But he did. Oh, wow. He did save his troops. And that's how I say I, I never saw that movie. But that that's how that's a yeah, that's that's pretty powerful. Uh, opening kind of gets you into the mindset of what what a guy like that. It's called upon to do. Yes, indeed. Yeah, rough. Okay. Um. Well, my number eight. It, my it it starts a movie that starts with a dead guy floating in a pool, and not only is a dead guy floating in the pool, he's talking to you, uh, and setting up this movie. And I'm talking about the great. Uh, uh, 1950 classic Sunset Boulevard. Uh, Sunset Boulevard opens uh, kind of like at the end of the story. And so the whole movie is told in retrospect. But as you see William Holden floating face down in a pool uh, as he begins to narrate the story of, of how his, his life uh, got to that point. And, uh, and it... It, it had the, when this movie came out in 1950, it had a lot of controversy just for that. But initially, what they were going to do is they were going to have him uh, begin narrating the story from the morgue, and and apparently that they in 1950 that uh, you, you couldn't you didn't start a movie in a morgue. So apparently, having a guy floating face down in a pool was was better, I guess. Oh. Um, but. But anyways, yeah, so, yeah, so, uh, again, just another very, very powerful, uh, image to, to start a movie. And then, and then after, then after that, uh, right after you see him floating in the pool, he's, he's, uh, you know, he goes back six months and everything's great with him, but you, you know, at the beginning of the movie that it's not going to end well for, uh, for William Holden. Yeah. I should have said spoiler alert or something. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Yep. Yeah. They they op they opened that movie right with the spoiler alert. They started at yeah. the end. Yep. Okay. Okay. You opened saying, "Hey, we're gonna talk about Steven Spielberg." Well, let's get into it. Um, okay. My number seven is Raiders of the Lost Ark. Okay. It's a very long opening scene, full of special effects. Yeah. And Indiana Jones, uh, who we don't know anything about yet because this is the first movie, yep. but. He and his guide enter this cave, and um, there's all the first thing they come across is all these spiders, and they're crawling all over them, and they 
brush them <laughs> off. Then they get to this, they step, they get step across this string and this booby trap gate yeah. fl- flies out. And it turns out that it's already got Indiana's rival. It's also looking for archaeological treasures. Yep. Then they get to these stones where they know something's up with them. And he goes to step on the first one and poisonous darts get shot across uh-huh. where you would be if you were standing there. So finally, he very carefully gets out of that. His guide is following him. And then they have to swing across this big uh, gap in the, in the cave floor. Mm-hmm. And finally, he arrives at the, this golden arc that he's looking for. And it's sitting there all lit up nicely on this podium. Yeah. Yep. And he seems to think that if he can just, it's a weight thing. So if he can put a bag of sand and steal the ark, take uh-huh. the bag of sand, everything will be good. So he swaps it out real quickly. Uh, all is well, pretty good. Guess I'll head back now. But no, <laughs> all of a sudden, here comes this huge boulder yep. chasing him down. Yeah. And he has to retrace his steps. He gets to that gap and the, his guide says, Throw me the ark. And he goes, oh, I'm <laughs> yeah. not throwing you the ark. But he ends yeah. up, he has uh-huh. to. Yep. And he leaps across the hole. He continues running. He finds his guide dead in uh-huh. one of the booby traps. Yeah, he got, he got skewered through the through the whole body. Yeah. Yep. Grabs yep. the ark, runs to the front of the cave, and he's met at the cave by a whole bunch of natives that look <laughs> like they're up to no good. Yep. But that is how Raiders of the Lost Ark start. The movie I, I, about him. An archaeologist, who knew? Yeah, well, and and I'll yeah, I have that a, a bit higher on my list. Um, but yeah, we'll go ahead and talk about it now. Uh, it was, um, you know, yeah, it it was like you you can almost say you know they they a movie about an archaeologist. How exciting can a movie about an archaeologist be? But man, Steven Spielberg, they they showed us how exciting it could be, and they showed it right in the opening. It was just yeah, a lot of adrenaline, a lot of suspense. Uh, and, and, you know, up to that point, Harrison Ford was, he was known, you know, to the world as, as Han Solo, but I think, I think Raiders is, is the movie and, and this scene to, to a large extent is what just catapulted him to a, like a major A-list star. I think, I think this movie just really, this movie and this scene, uh, that just, that, that started the adrenaline pumping right from, right from the start, uh, made Harrison Ford what what he was. So uh, Yeah, that guy was yeah. the king of king of sequels, huh? And yeah. Big oh, yeah. money. Big money. Yep. Yep, he sure was. So yeah, a- absolutely. I've got I, that's that's my number four. I'll, I'll just give you that right there. All right. Okay. What's your number seven? My number seven, uh well, you know, you you've you've heard about this guy named Indiana Jones, right? They made a number of movies about him. Well how about a guy named James Bond? I think wow. you've heard you I think you've heard of him and I think he's done a few movies. And actually there are a lot of James Bond movies that had some great opening scenes to him, but the one I'm picking was the very uh was was uh from the remake to Casino Royale. Uh and and what I loved about that opening scene, it was shot in black and white largely. Uh and it it depicts James Bond's first ever kill. You know, because here's the guy's license to kill, right? He goes out around the world, uh, world famous spy. Uh, he's killed a bunch of guys over a whole bunch of movies. But in, in Casino Royale, it was, it was a bit of a, a prequel. 
and that it took you back to his very first kill where he was uh, charged with killing uh, another double O agent who was who who they uh, they knew was selling secrets to the enemy. Um, so it's it's the scene is kind of done very very coolly. Uh, you know, you, you see James in, in the uh, in the guy's office as the guy gets in there, and the guy pulls out a gun and thinks he's got the upper hand on James until he pulls the trigger, and James is t- taking the bullets out, and he. And he, uh, uh, and he and he and he shoots him and he kills him and he becomes James Bond's very first kill in a long line of kills. But oh. uh, I, I I love that scene. It just it sets up uh, who James Bond would become. Now was that the first Bond movie or were there no, others before that? No, this was this was the the first Daniel Craig movie. Oh, so, my. okay. Yeah, so yeah, I guess I should have said that. It's the Daniel Craig Casino Royale movie where it kind of shows how he this it was like it was how he became a double O. And he became a double O by offing this other double O, and that's kind of what made him a double O agent. Got it. Okay. So so yeah, so that's that's my number seven just for setting the stage for the whole James Bond franchise. Very good. Now, we already talked okay. about it in my number six, which was Up. Um, okay. The love story between Carl and Ellie. And yeah. I think you handle that very well. So okay. I hope you're not out of breath, but right back to you <laughs> for number six. Well, number okay, number six. This is a movie that I know we've talked about, an actor that I know we've talked about, an actor who really wasn't even an actor when he, when he did this movie. But I'm talking about the opening to Full Metal Jacket. And and I'm talking about Arlie Ermey, uh, just yeah. scaring the living bejesus out of a bunch of Marine recruits as he goes through uh, and just basically ad libs almost all of his lines. Um, and I'm, I'm, I'm thinking particularly of just the first scene where he's got all the guys in the barracks lined up and, you know, he. He gives them all their names like, you know, there's Private Snowball and Private Joker and he goes up and he punches joker in the gut and and you know and then with gomer pile you know the whole choke me thing uh just you know and and almost it almost goes like through the first 40 minutes but so it, it's it's a, it might i might be cheating a little bit but still the opening scene where you first see arlie ermy scaring the crap out of all these recruits i think he scared the crap out of the audience too because you know you wouldn't want to be in those recruits shoes for nothing so uh, I, I go number six with Full Metal Jacket. I am an idiot for not having that on my list. Yeah. <laughs> I love that movie. I love, yeah. I love Arlie Ermey. Yeah. Um, it gets kind of go, it goes kind of downhill when they go off to war. Yeah. But um, boy, but during basic training, outstanding. Yep, I agree. Okay, number five, we talked about up. I'm going right back to animation and uh, – we're talking about the Lion King. Oh, yeah, um, that's a good one. The Lion King is the the birth of Simba, and we this is when we first hear you know the powerful music and that Circle of Life song. Yep. Uh, there's a big opening to it, but you see all the animals like they're aware that something's going on, and they run to. I'm supposed to know the name of that rock, but I don't. Pride Rock. Pride Rock. 
Yeah. Okay. And there comes the baboon, and he presents Simba, and they all bow down to him. And uh, that is the start of Simba's adventure the, uh, yeah. in the jungle. That is a great scene. You know, opens up with the sun coming up, and and you know, and uh, I don't I don't know what the what the words there say, but I think it, I think the, the words in it's in I don't know if it's in Swahili or it's in some African dialect, but the opening words mean circle of life. Okay. And and uh, and you know, and I will say I don't have it on my list. It was it's an honorable mention, but I will say I did see the stage play of the Lion King and the opening. Uh, of the stage play, you know, in the musical was, uh, it was pretty fantastic. So, um, yeah, I can't argue with that one on the list. Excellent choice. All right. Very good. Thanks. Your number five. My number, my number five, I'm going back to, uh, the war genre again. Uh, and this is, this is a more, one of the more, I think it might be the most recent movie on my list. Uh, it's about 10 years, 10, 12 years ago old. Uh, but it's a, it's a World War II movie called Inglorious Bastards. Oh, you are the bastard. Yes. Yeah. This is good. Yeah. The, the opening scene to Inglorious Bastards has Christoph Waltz, who ended up winning an Oscar for this movie, uh, as, uh, Lieutenant Colonel, uh, Hans Landa, who is known as like this, this Jew hunter. Uh, he's a Nazi, uh, Nazi officer who's kind of like uh, touring the French countryside looking for uh, Jews. And he goes into this farmhouse and he's just very, very calm and very uh, benign in, as he starts. And he's just talking to this French farmer. And the front, turns out the French farmer is hiding Jews, but he thinks he's kind of getting the better of, of uh, Colonel Landa until just as the scene goes on, and and Londa gets more and more ser- sinister in in so subtle a way. It's one of the, it's one of the finest acting jobs I've ever seen. You know, of any of any one scene ever. Um, and by the, by the end of the scene, you know, he's rooted he's rooted out uh, the Jews, and you know, he call, he brings in his 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 gunmen, and they they shoot up the place. Uh, and and the whole thing is just done so subtly, but in so sinister a fashion uh, as to, uh, you know, the, the rest of the movie just couldn't live up to that initial scene. Wow, that's my number three. Okay. And that is so good. Uh, George, I tied it. It's, that interview with the farmer is 19 minutes long. Wow. Um, and what Londa says, he goes, well, if you tell me you're hiding Jews, then no harm will come to you or your family. So that's what probably breaks on me. Yeah. Kind of looks down at the floorboard. And yep. we and we see those people under the floorboard yeah. during this. And Londa is speaking great French, but he's, he wants to switch to English. And he, yeah. say, he ends up saying he does that because he goes, well, I trust that the people under the floorboard don't speak English. And, uh, <laughs> and he'll, yeah, you're right. So he calls in his soldiers. They shoot it up. But one escapes, remember? Shoshana. Yeah, Shoshana. Mm-hmm. She escapes. And Lada's got her lined up in his, in his scope. And he goes, run away, Shoshana, run away. And not to give away <laughs> the ending, 
she gets a little bit of revenge at the end of that movie. Yep. Yes, she does. Oh, oh man. That is that so is, good. That is that. Yeah. That was just such a great, great, powerful scene. Yep. All right. So that was your, that was my five, five, my number four. Okay. I got to do number four. Yeah. That was not my number three. Number four is Patton. Um, oh, okay. George C. Scott plays general George S. Patton who was the general in charge of the third army. And this scene is, you know, it's dramatized, but it's right before the 1944 invasion of France, D-Day. Yeah. And he's, he walks up these stairs and it's a huge, huge American flag yeah. behind him. Yep. And you hear the orders, you know, like attention and you hear the noise from the audience, but you never see him. But you know, we are, told us the third army. And so yep. he's given us big inspirational speech and the best line during the speech, he goes, yeah. he goes, no bastard ever <laughs> won a war by dying for his country. He won it by making the other poor dumb bastard die for yeah. his country. <laughs> yep. Ab absolutely. Great. Which line. is beautiful. Yeah, it is. So that's time number four. It's Pat. Yeah. That, that's, that's good. That was, yeah. I remember him standing in front of that American flag. Uh, yeah, that was, that was a, that was a great scene. Yep. Didn't, didn't have it, but uh, I can't argue with it. Uh, my four was Raiders. Uh, so I think it's back to you. If you want to catch your breath again. Well, number oh, three. Well, my three was Inglorious bastards. Oh, well, right back to me. Yep. Um, okay. Hey, I think we talked about Steven Spielberg, didn't we? He's, he's come up bef before on this list. Yeah. Well, well, here's here's another one. That he, he was very, very subtle, uh, very, very downplayed, but really, really scary. And it goes back to 1977, you know, and kind of got people to, to stay out of the water back then. But I'm talking about the opening to Jaws. And the opening to Jaws has this, this couple, and they're on the beach. Uh, you know, it's at night, and they want to and, and they want to go swimming. And the girl wants to go go skinny dipping, so she kind of she takes off her clothes. She goes running in the ocean, and she's just having a great time swimming around in the ocean in the moonlight, not a care in the world. And then the camera switches to underwater, and you hear that music. It goes bum. Ba-bum. and you can see her kind of splashing her legs in, in in the water and you go back up and she's swimming around then you go back under the water and you hear that music some more then all of a sudden you see her kind of get pulled under the water a little bit and now she's panicking she doesn't know what's happening and she's and she's struggling she tries to get away and then the shark just grabs a hold of her pulls her under and then there's just silence and that Boy, did that start! Uh, uh, just Ed, that that probably made Steven Spielberg a star. If Raiders made made uh, Harrison Ford a star, that opening scene, uh, just beautifully directed, made Steven Spielberg a star. And that's Jaws. Yeah, we are pretty boring, George, because Jaws is my number two. Okay. Um, <laughs> you know, and we never see the shark. Uh, all those underwater scenes are from yep. the point of view of the shark, but we never, we never see nope. it. So we really don't know what that is. I mean, we we walked in the theater and it's called Jaws, but, <laughs> but there's we a don't. picture of a shark. But yeah, yeah. So. 
but we never really know what what's going on there. And well, uh, well and they say that the the reason it was because for a lot of the filming there were problems with the the mechanical shark, and the shark wasn't wasn't behaving the way it was supposed to. So they had to they had to, to do some creative filmmaking. Uh, and it actually worked probably better than if they'd had some stupid mechanical shark swimming around in the, in the ocean. Yep. Okay. Yeah. So that was your three. Yep. And it's my two. Okay. So now we got to do your number two. Okay. So I hope it's not Spielberg. <laughs> well, it's, it's not Spielberg, but it is one of his buddies. And it's also, I think it's from the same year as Jaws. I think that was the year, boy, they knew they knew how to start a movie back in 1977. And this, I remember seeing this movie in the theater, and I'm sitting there, and the screen is dark. And all of a sudden, you see this ship kind of, like, come, like, from over your head and start flying off in through space. And, yeah, I'm talking about Star Wars. Uh, and, you know, you see that little ship come across, and on the big movie screen... It looked huge. And then you see the ship going, kind of going off into the dark. And then you see this bigger ship, this huge ship following it, and then firing lasers at it. And uh, this, this, this big space battle cruiser just seemed to go on forever and ever. And that is what introduced the world to Star Wars. Um, it was just seeing seeing that ship was was just uh like awe-inspiring to a 14 year old sitting in the movie theater at the time there had never been anything like it in the movies before uh and it really started a, a whole new era of uh you know action adventure movies yeah and the crazy uh the graphics for the opening credits like when it was telling the story you know yeah the galaxy far far away that yep. was kind of different too, the way that was presented. Yeah. Yep. Good choice, George. Okay. Didn't make my list. Um, okay. I have a feeling we're both going to go with the same number one. Is it a war movie that Spielberg was involved with? It sure was. Okay. Now, yeah. technically, George, we're breaking the rules. I know. This is the second scene yep. that happens because the first scene, we see a man in a great, at a, at a cemetery and he's like remembering his friends. Yep. And then they would go back and remember it. And the movie is called saving private Ryan. Yes, it is. Um, oh man. It is so good, but it's tough to watch. Um, the whole, the whole first scene is 24 minutes long. Yep. The first 18 minutes are the Americans just getting pummeled. Yeah. Um, what it is, we go back to D day. We were talking about, Patton briefly, it's over they're charging Omaha Beach on D Day. Yep. Now, George, who who designed those landing crafts that opened right up and yeah. exposed the soldiers well, to fire right away? Well, there there is a reason they they did that. Um and it's they had to have a, a shallow draft because they, they had to be able to 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 run these things right up onto the sand. So which that's, that's the reason why all the guys were getting seasick is because it had such a shallow draft. It had no keel. They really rocked a lot. So first of all, yeah, the first thing it did is it got everyone seasick on these boats because they were rocking back and forth. And then, yeah, then they opened up right into the machine gun fire. 
But again, it had to do that because, you know, if you opened up the other way, you're, you're going back into the water. And that, that makes it even worse because now you're in the water and then you got to turn around and make your way through the water. So it, you know, it was kind of like a design by necessity, but, you know, it, it really was the best way to do it, even though, yeah, if one, if one of those doors opened up right in front of a machine gun nest, yeah, those guys were, they were, well, yeah. And they're in bad, bad news. Tom Hanks character kept referring them to the murder holes. Yep. He said, stay away from the murder holes, stay away from the murder holes, yep. which was crazy. Mm-hmm. Um, so as bad as it looked and all those Americans dying in the water, they were kind of the first wave. Yep. Um, but the true story is, well, sadly, 2,400 Americans died yeah. on, on Omaha Beach, but 34,000 landed. Yeah. So, I know, and, and you don't, yeah, you don't, when you look at that first scene, and that's what makes it so powerful, is it, you, you wonder how could anyone survive any of that? You know, with machine guns just spraying the beach and, you know, and they're dropping mortars overhead. And, and that's what makes, I think that's what makes that scene so, so good is that it, it seemed hopeless, but they were, they were still able to persevere. And apparently that, you know, that, actual veterans of Omaha beach, you know, when they've seen, there've been a lot of movies that have depicted that, but they say no other movie has come close to depicting the reality as much as saving private Ryan did. So, you know, that's, that's great. Kudos to Steven Spielberg uh, for presenting that as well as he did. As he did. Yeah. Yeah. It was, it was a tough watch. It was a really, yeah. really tough watch. So George, that's uh kind of disappointing. We did, Saving Private Ryan and Glorious Bastards, yeah. Jaws, Up. Yeah. I guess, and Raiders, you know, you didn't have Raiders. And, and, yeah, I did. Yeah, it was number okay. four. So what, like on half, half of the list? Oh, uh, okay. terrible. Well, that <laughs> proves to our audience that we don't uh, check ahead with each other. No, no, but we don't. Mo- mostly we're so far uh, off. We're kind of more surprised by that. Like, yeah. how could we not double up? But Well, but, you know, so this, there, there is... There is absolutely no doubt to the listening audience that Saving Private Ryan is the greatest opening scene in movie history, even if technically it was the second scene. Right. Yeah. No question about that. Yep. Yep. Yeah, we've just proven it for you. Yeah. Uh, all arguments end here. Yeah. <laughs> all right, George. I think, uh, like you said, I think let's do best fourth scenes in a movie. Uh, <laughs> next, next. Yeah. Number four. Oh, they they all say a movie is made or you can make or break a movie on its fourth scene. Yeah, right before intermission. That's a killer. Yeah. yeah. Okay, no, let's not do that. Let's just do uh, closing scenes. Very see good. How, see how we do there. Sounds good. All right, well done, George. We'll talk to you all right. soon. All right, talk to you later.